Hi, friends. Welcome to the Connected Families podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Bellward. Our purpose in this podcast is to guide you to receive God's grace and truth and then to equip you to pass that grace and truth on to your children. I'm so glad you're joining us today. Today, I'm going to be talking with Jim and Lynn Jackson, co-founders of Connected Families, about a question that we often get, especially when we do live Q&As for the Discipline That Connects online course, or even sometimes that live workshops that we do. The question goes something like this. How can I get my co-parent on board? (laughs) We're parenting from a totally different place. Now, I say co-parent because we have many grandparents who help with childcare in our community and even single parents with others that are helping them. So Jim and Lynn and I are going to tackle this hard question today. So welcome, Jim and Lynn. Hey, thanks, Stacey. Good to be here. Thank you, Stacey. Good to be with you again. We have a bit of a hard question to tackle, but we receive this question in lots of different ways. I think, Lynn, you deal with this in your coaching quite a bit, don't you? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Because people marry their opposites. They tend to be very different also in their parenting No, styles. no, no. Lynn, you and I are just alike. Come on. <laughs> oh, man, we were so different. <laughs> <laughs> we were? Uh-huh. Yeah, now we're the same. Yeah, right. Oh, we're still I different, Stacey. We still, Lynn and I were parents of 30-somethings now. All 30-somethings. Wow. That's right. It's kind of crazy. Wednesday. Yeah. So, um, and we still, you know, it's like, we look at each other like, why are you telling them that? Or why are you suggesting that? Or why don't you just this or that? Or but I mean, the, what were you thinking when you had this yeah, conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the bottom line <laughs> is still to this day, Lynn and I, while we've grown a ton in grace for each other, you know, we're still not altogether comfortable with the fact that we're different from each mm-hmm. other and, mm-hmm. and still don't understand. And what, why did you, oh, come on. You couldn't, you know, it's like that kind of default comes out of us still to this day. So yeah, we get this question, like you said, in varied forms from lots of different sort of nuanced angles. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, Lynn and I have come to recognize we're both beings that yes, born in God's image also carry around the imprint of sin in our lives and our sin runs into each other's sin all the time. All the time. And I would think that maybe when your kids were younger, that you're, you had some of the same experiences that many people that are listening did. And that is that when kids are smaller, right, it's just a lot more chaotic. There's a lot more chaos going on and a lot more points of the day to conflict over how things should be going. Yes. Yes. Especially when those big emotions erupt and one parent wants to be more, oh, tell me what you're thinking and feeling about that. And the other parent wants to be more Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you talking about my big emotions again? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm talking about the kids. Yeah. Big emotions tends to flesh out the differences in parents. Well, sure. But then honestly, it could have been either of us at any given point in time. Like kids will do stuff and life is fast and we need to try to be efficient and effective and keep things moving and the big emotions of parenting that I experience sometimes come out on my kids. And I mean, our kids famously have this quote you refer to once in a while about mom bursting all over us again. (laughs) Oftentimes we're bursting on each other as couples or as caregivers, um, because especially when one of the parents 
parents are, you know, are really working hard to maybe even follow the Connected Families framework and they're digging into the materials and they're wanting to implement some of these things, but another caregiver isn't quite on board with that. And they're just okay with maybe the way they were raised or their natural inclinations of parenting. It can be really frustrating then for that first parent. And so the bursting could be towards each other. And that's what we want to talk about today, because I know, you know, I'm very involved in the online courses and I often get the question from parents, especially actually right now, like we have the discipline that connects with your child's heart online course. It's open for registration right now. So a question that I get almost every time, sometimes multiple times, every time we run it, is this course worth it for me to take when my spouse doesn't have time or maybe even doesn't have the interest to take the course. Yeah. And well, what would you two say to that really quickly before we dive into all of our content? Should that spouse take the course? For sure. I think the parents should take the course. And I think that we need to be careful because I was probably like in our young parenting relationship, we didn't have a discipline that connects online course, but had we had it, Lynn would have been diving in. She would have been learning. She would have been (laughs) applying all the things. She would have been coming to me and saying, Jim, you know, we need to this, that, and the other thing, because this, that, and the other thing. And I would have been going, that's way too much. That's that that's overboard for me. Now, I have always had a desire to be the best parent I can be. I have never liked the assumption that for me to be the best parent I can be, I have to be the kind of parent Lynn is going to be or Lynn wants to be and vice versa. So I think there typically is a parent who is less inclined to dig in, to figure it all out, to get it just right. And there's a parent that's more inclined to be efficient, to be quickly effective. That takes on an appearance of being less interested to the parent who would want to dig in and understand the layers of this learning, you know, but typically, generally, not absolutely, the dad's are the ones that are like me and they just want to get on with this. Come on. Why do we have to think so much about this? Why do we have to talk about this all the time? Why do we have to brainstorm it and come up with solutions? Can't we just say no and have no mean no and say yes and have yes mean yes and get on with things here? I want to be a good parent. She wants to be a good parent. We've got two very different ways of thinking about what that means. Yeah. So Lynn, when Jim did maybe respond to your helpful tips and what you had learned in that way, like, come on, does this have to be so hard and so much work? How did you deal with that when you dealt with it your best, Lynn? Because I know we're all human, right? How did you know, how did you deal with that? Well, I just tried to really focus on myself and not having an agenda for him. I can micromanage with the best of them. So I've owned that out loud. Wait a minute. I would say that never mind. With the worst of them. <laughs> I can she said it. She with said the worst it. Of them. Whatever. <laughs> Lynn is a very effective micromanager. You know, I would acknowledge that out loud. I would try to laugh about it, back up, and then just focus on my own parenting. And, and I had a ton to grow in. I think that there was another dynamic of you were so fun and spontaneous that you got frustrated with my sort of picky, Mm -hmm. negative micromanaging. And that was hard. So then Mm -hmm. it would reverse roles and you could be critical of me too, which was really what that, when we were in that pattern, that wasn't helpful. Whenever we were critical of each other, it was an unhelpful (laughs) pattern. Whoever was on the receiving end of that. So I'm thinking about Lynn when she was at her best in the middle of this dynamic. I'd like you to think of how I was when I was my best, because I think Lynn's right. We both brought different strengths to the parenting game. And when you were at your best, you would ask me questions about what I was 
aiming for. You would ask me questions about whether you thought that what I was doing was truly helpful or not at a deeper level. And, you know, I still remember the day when instead of intervening on one of the kids' behalf, and you did this frequently, actually, instead of intervening with me on behalf of the kids, she would empower and equip the kids to go have a conversation with daddy so that she got out of the middle. And I, you were really good at that early on. I struggled with that a little bit more because it was, it wasn't, Yeah, I don't know why exactly, but when we worked to get out of the middle of each other's relationships with our kids and then decided, all right, I don't agree with how Lynn is parenting right now, but I love Lynn and I love ultimately the big picture thing she's trying to do. She's trying to help point our kids to Jesus. She's trying to help love our kids well and make sure they know they're responsible human beings and they're learning in wisdom. That's what she's trying to do. That's what I was wanting to do. We just went about it differently, recognizing that we're both at the big high level trying to do or wanting to do the same things. Even if I disagreed with how she was doing it, I could support her. And when you were at your best, Mm -hmm. and I think when I was at my best, when we disagreed with how each other was parenting, but supported one another's big picture, then it was easier to support the the little picture. Does that make sense? For sure. And I think that that leads us to where we're really going to dive in to this is when we were at our best and functioning as a team, we did the framework with each other. Mm -hmm. And, And we also noticed any positive way in which the other person was doing one of the elements of the connected families framework. I mean, because I would like to acknowledge, I mean, when we can see the best in each other, that's great, but there are some people that are co-parenting with someone who, who maybe has the best in mind, but it's really, really different, right? It's, Mm -hmm. I don't want to have any boundaries on the internet for my children. That's, you know, then, and so they're, maybe that's what their spouse is saying, or, you know, it's just really different. And they really fundamentally disagree with how that parent is wanting to parent. And so not everyone has this foundation of knowing that your spouse really has the kid's best interest at heart, or even just conventional wisdom at heart, some of those kinds of things. So let's just say that. Okay. Mm -hmm. For sure. It's true. Yeah. It's true that, uh, and we hear frequently. So, so there's where there's this spectrum, right? Yeah. Like, yep. Even two really well-intended parents who have a fairly healthy view of parenting and a, and a fairly healthy view of their kids have struggles with each other. And those struggles can turn into tensions, can turn into resentments, can turn into momentums that put wedges in relationships between husbands and wife, even in the most well-intended of parents. But then yes, on the other end of the spectrum are, are, our parents who may not even be living together any longer. And we recognize that that's the case uh, oftentimes mm-hmm. who have absolutely different ideas and agendas about all of this. Right. And I can't support a spouse who will let my 12 year old just have free reign on the internet. And, and then the 12 year old comes to my house and wants free reign on the internet. And I say, no, I don't want to. And then the 12 year old says, well, fine, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm just going to stay at the other parent's house. Like that's real. We get it. Mm-hmm. That is real. And so there's lots of lots of elements here, but let's kind of ground ourselves in the framework. And so no matter what the situation is that parents are dealing with, if it's grandparents, a lot of grandparents are in our community and mm-hmm. caring for the kids too. And so whatever the parenting situation looks like, let's start with the you are safe with me. You talked about when you're at your best, you were frameworking. We're going to use it as a verb, you guys. <laughs> Frameworking. Never heard this before. Get a verb out of it. Talk to the copyright trademark people right away. There we go. Okay, so Lynn, talk to us about what it looks like. The you are safe message in this context. 
Well, as always, it's really helpful to start with the question, what's going on in me? What am I believing about this situation? And so often when parents get really tense about this, it's because they're believing the kids are going to be ruined somehow by this. And so it's really helpful to, you know, you certainly you're going to keep your eye out for abuse because that is a whole different category. But when it's just parenting differences, then you know, to make that shift to, okay, what's the opportunity here? And can I see this as an opportunity for kids to learn to deal with different people, to understand somebody's love, even if it looks different, to advocate for themselves? Mm -hmm. What are the opportunities in this situation? Another important foundation piece is just that sense of I'm responsible for my relationship with my kids and my relationship with my spouse. I am not responsible for my kids' relationship with their their other parent or the mm-hmm. co-parent. And that's sort of a basic serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to, to accept the things I can't change, the courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference. I can't manage that relationship mm-hmm. and I shouldn't try because that's where so much resentment and frustration begins to build as people feel criticized, they feel managed. And so, yeah. And to be super practical about this, again, I'll go to our relationship, which, you know, in many respects was fairly healthy back then, but we still had our challenges. You know, there, there were issues. And if Lynn came to me and didn't like that, I was playing too much with the kids when I, when in her mind, I ought to be helping them learn responsibility and cleaning up their messes. And now I'm over there with them making more messes. <laughs> oh, did that ever yeah, happen? Yeah, that happened. <laughs> I can confess now. I, I wouldn't have then, but I do now. That's not true either. But you know, the, the way that you dealt with that made me either more open to you or more close to you, mm-hmm. depending on how you went about that. And when you were okay, when you figured out, you know what, this isn't even about me, but I do want to ask some questions. You know, what are you hoping the kids are going to learn right now? And what are your ideas about what may be important, you know, not just to you, but to, to me or even to the kids and for their development right now. And when you, when you ask those sorts of questions, I, you know, then I'd be like, and, and you were calm mm-hmm. and you didn't need to get an outcome. You truly were curiously trying to explore what, what was going on with Jim and what, what were you thinking? And not like, what were you thinking? But right. more like, what, can you help me understand what, what's behind what's going on right now for you? What, what are you aiming at? Because maybe I'm, yeah, I'm just not seeing the whole picture. You know, when you did that kind of stuff out of a place mm-hmm. of calm, out of a place of settledness. And I mean, I don't know, but I would guess on most of the days when you were able to do that, you had done some wrestling with God to come to a place where you were letting go of immediate outcomes and the need to micromanage me. Mm-hmm. You were wanting to engage in a way that would help us understand and see things more similarly because of, of the, that work that you'd done. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, typically it's the, it's the female that has a little more of a nurturing strength, but for that woman, that mom to be able to see the strength in, you know, maybe a husband doing that or a co-parent, you know, coming in with a more quick, firm response. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's something in a man. I think that's a gift gone awry that <laughs> wants to protect the family from totally falling into chaos. And so to be able to see that good intention when there's a strong response, I think is part of this foundation work. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, looking for that good gift gone awry in a co-parent, you know, is a really important part of that. And I'm thinking right now of a very specific example of that, a conversation we had where, you know, if the kids were 
excited about what they were doing and amped up and weren't listening well, I would frequently pull out the big dad scary card and I'd pound my fist. This is not okay. You kids listen to your mother or listen to me right now, or there's going to be big consequences here. Now I was scaring my children. I didn't see it that way at the time. At the time, I thought this is just what they need in order to learn sometimes because this is how the world works. But you engaged with me in a grace-filled, seeking understanding sort of a way, which is not, why do you do that? Don't you know you're scaring the children? Which was true. What did you do? Well, particularly when you scared the, (laughs) the most sensitive of our children and she came to me and daddy hurt my feelings, then I would pick her up and say, well, how do you want to talk to daddy about that? I can't. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, well, I, I, and he hurt your feelings. So he's the one for you to talk to, but I can help you. What help do you need? I don't know. So then I would hold her. I would ask her questions. (laughs) We'd sort of talk it out. And then I would just bring her to you and turn her towards you Mm -hmm. so that she then with a few question prompts could tell you Daddy, you hurt my feelings and you scared me. Jim, were you okay with that? Or did you feel like now Lynn and your daughter had, I I know it's Bethany (laughs) because I know that story, had ganged up on you? Yeah. You know, I didn't feel ganged up on at the time because there were other things in play that made me understand that I wasn't ganged up on. But if I was predisposed to feeling that, I may have. Mm-hmm. Which is why some of the other things that you did were mm-hmm. also very helpful, which was just ask me directly. So what are your best hopes for, for what they're going to learn here? And maybe I'm, you know, like Lynn would actually say, you know, I think you've got some good intentions and maybe I'm missing some things. So I really am. And she really was like, I believe that she wanted to learn and understand what I was doing, why I was doing it, what I was hoping for, what were the outcomes I was looking for. And then she would ask me questions calmly, curiously um, about how I thought that was, you know, kind of the old Dr. Phil thing, only without yeah. being delivered. How's that working for you? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a great question, actually. Is it working? Is it, do you think, what, what clues are you getting that it's heading the way you want? There's something that must have happened in Lynn before that, because I know, I mean, I've had people ask me the question, and I know there's families, but it is a really hard thing for a mom to watch their kids being hurt by the dad. I mean, it could be shaming words. It could be even, you know, even a strong spanking when you feel like that's too much, like it it just hurts you as a mom. How can a mom do that and then get to the place to have a helpful conversation with the spouse or the co-parent? Lynn, how'd you get to that non-judgmental place to be able to ask questions? Well, it's not quite apples to apples because I just saw Jim's strong heart of love in so many situations that it was easy to, you know, have a a generally positive perspective on that. And that's hard work sometimes, but to look for the little things that a spouse is doing well can make a huge difference. So, yeah. And that's where I was going with this earlier is that you not only did that hard work to say, okay, this doesn't look good to me, but it's not all bad. There's gotta be some good. What is it? I remember you journaling. I remember you praying. I remember you doing a lot of hard work, especially when you were really concerned about what was happening between me and the kids, not to figure out what you could tell me to fix me, but to figure out what you could tell me 
that you admired or that you mm -hmm. believed in or that you were learning from me by watching and validated what you saw was important to me. And you said it in ways that I believed it was true when you said it, not like you were trying to manipulate me or, or get me to do, you, you know, right. compliment me to set right. me up so you could tell me to take out the garbage or whatever, <laughs> or, or deal with the kids a certain way. But you were complimenting me because you had an ability to see that I was not an all bad human being. Right. And that there was some things that I was doing out of a sense of good for my kids. And you named those things and you said what they were. Jim, I can see that you're really passionate for these kids to, to develop a heart of respect for authority. I can see that it's really important to you that they develop you know, some habits that are helpful for their schoolwork or for their sports or for their whatever. I can see that that's important to you. Mm -hmm. And you would just stop. You wouldn't go, but you know, mm -hmm. if you would do it this way or that way, you just stop. And then you'd let me go like, well, okay, interesting. Good. Everybody that's loves affirmation, don't they? Yeah. Right. So, so that's where I want to jump in and just say that the connected families framework can really give you a framework to see where you, the little places where you are on the, on the same page, where your spouse or your co-parent or grandparent has some strengths, and then to look through each one of those areas and to just recognize just because this is my perspective doesn't mean I have all the answers and I'm the perfect parent. I messaged a gal who has worked through this issue of co-parenting twice <laughs> when they first discovered the connected families framework. And then again, recently when they went through a really tough patch and she said, we're coming through the other side of that co-parenting 2.0. And it's, it's just so much better. And one of the things she had to say, which I think is a really important foundation thing. She says, if I am vulnerable about times I mess up, and I ask for help, like genuinely look to my husband for help. It makes him more open to my suggestions. You know, you'll get discovered if you're doing that so that he's more open to your suggestions. <laughs> but if you really have a heart to look for the good and affirm, then you can think, when are the times that he stops and he takes a breath and he's a little calmer? And what are the impacts of that? And then what are the ways that he uniquely connects with our kids? in such a good, fun way? Or was there an instance where he disciplined and they really knew they were loved? And then, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about the coach and correct principles in the second half, but looking through the framework, doing the framework with our spouse, you know, I'm going to be safe with you. I'm going to connect mm -hmm. well with you. I want to believe that you are called and capable. And then in the correct thing, I, I want to believe that you're responsible for the conflicts yeah. in your relationship. So good. That, that's really good, Lynn. We apply the framework to everything, don't we? But I really, really love those two points, being humble about the times that I mess up and really looking to see the good, no matter what's going on no matter how our co-parent is really showing up. And there's, of course, things that we disagree with or would like to tweak, let's say that. Mm -hmm. But when we start with seeing the good, that's a, a sure foundation. I love it. We're going to continue our conversation after the break. Well, hey, everybody, this is Stacy. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed, confused, even guilty in your parenting? Do you want to stop the yelling and fighting? Stop regretting your actions? Stop missing out on the joys of parenthood? Parenting is hard. Well, registration is open for the eight-session online course called Discipline that connects with your child's heart. 
At Connected Families, we know that parenting is tough and you need help. The problem is that traditional parenting advice isn't working. It's causing anger and damaging your relationship with your child, which makes you feel overwhelmed, guilty, and even ashamed. We believe this can't be what God wants for your family. Thousands of parents have found hope using our simple framework based on biblical principles and brain science. After finishing the course last year, one dad said, I have so much more confidence as a dad and a husband. I always felt my weaknesses and lack of a sense of direction. After taking discipline that connects, I feel like God has provided me with the help I needed. I have a direction to grow forward. I can't tell you how much better your guidance has been than nearly anything else I've ever read or heard about parenting. Are you ready for change? Discipline that connects with your child's heart is designed to tone down the chaos and bring more peace in the home. Register for the course today. When you register, you will receive many bonus materials and extra resources, including live Q&A sessions with Jim and Lynn Jackson. Go to the show notes or connectedfamilies.org for all of the details. I hope you go and register today. All right. Well, we're back after the commercial and we're going to move on to the third and the fourth layer of the framework. But, you know, during the commercial, Jim Lynn and I were talking and Jim had a thought that we wanted to add to the connect level before we moved on. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about the fact that, you know, there were times early on in our relationship where where we recognized, oh my goodness, like we're mad at each other a lot. We're not feeling good toward each other. And it's almost exclusively about parenting. And so we started to, you know, we literally one time, and I remember this very clearly, like, let's go on a date. Let's make sure we date. Like, let's go on dates. Let's keep fighting to love each other, like each other, have fun together. And let's make a rule for the date that we're not going to talk about the children. Uh-oh. And I was just, Silence. right, right. I was, <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, well, you know, that'll be, that'll be fun and how, how great that will be. And we, and it was like, neither of us had anything to say for a while. Like, and, and that was so telling to mm. us about the fact that, oh my goodness, we have allowed the energy about parenting and allowed the energy of these children to become the defining feature of our relationship. And that's unhealthy. And that's not healthy. One of our mentors told us, it's in one of our books. I can't remember. I think the first book, How to Grow Connected Families, that he was part of a class and the professor was just asked a question by one of the students. Look, I know we got a lot of stuff to study, but what's the most important thing a parent can do to be a great parent? And the professor didn't pause. He just said, well, I know the answer and it's a quick one and I hope you take it to heart. And the answer is the greatest gift to your kids from you as a parent is to have a great marriage. And I want to add, if you're a single parent out there, this might feel discouraging, but I just had a conversation with a single parent last week whose husband had an affair, plenty of reasons to be bitter. And she is so walking in freedom right now and forgiveness and honors him in front of the kids. Not sincerely, sincerely. And they know what happened is she's not hiding things, but that can be just as powerful. Yeah. Because she was doing the work to see the good. Yes. Yeah. 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 Really good. Okay. Let's move to the third layer of the framework. Coach Lynn, tell us about that. Well, that is, you know, just that sense of my co-parent is called and capable of learning and growing as a parent and that God is their teacher. 
And we kind of had this post recently about uh, a family identity as learners with God as our teacher. And so to have that view of your spouse as well. And then within that, trust the power of your modeling. And my friend who messaged me these great insights said, modeling the behavior you want to see in the other parent without nagging them to do what you want to do. If you are working the messages, the you are blank messages from the framework with your kids, your partner will see the change in your relationship and will desire that. Having confidence, I'm going to do my thing, my parenting as best I can, and not worry about them. And kids can choose what they learn from each of us. So that's it's part of being responsible for ourselves, isn't it? I'm not responsible for their behavior just for myself. And so that's actually what I tell parents when they email me and ask me, should I take the course? I say, you know, this is for you. And the power of modeling can't be underestimated. And I referred to this, not under these terms, but but I referred to this when I reflected on what it was that Lynn did in those early years. And, you know, she fought to, to believe that I was called and capable as a parent, even though I was parenting very differently than she would. She also worked hard on an, a, examples of, of just how to parent in a way that was efficient, that was effective, that was loving, that gained a sense of cooperation from the children. And I would just watch it because now I felt respected, even though I didn't know the stuff she knew. And then I would watch it and I'd go, wow. And then, you know, I don't remember specifics about this, but, you know, I, I kind of remember the dynamic of, you know, what how did you do that? Like I'm asking her, how, you know, well, how did you do that? And how can I do that? Cause I feel like I just, I just, I got to yell to get them to do what I want them to do. And, <laughs> and she would say, well, you know, here's what I'm thinking and here's what I'm aiming for. And if she used too many words to try to explain all of that, I would just say, honey, that's way too many words. Can you say it in 30 seconds or less? And then she would work it. And then I would say, okay, well, I, you still didn't do it, but here's what I think I hear you saying in 30 seconds or less. Is that it? And she'd say, yeah, that's it. That was, uh, you know, the belief in the other parent as capable and somebody I can learn things from and somebody who is worth hearing from in this is a just really important sort of coach application of the framework to our marriage relationship as parents. Mm -hmm. It's really about trying to, to learn from each other. And if you are the parent that's more thoughtful about parenting, then you take the initiative. What can you learn from your co-parent? Where do you see those strengths? If you both can embrace a perspective of kind and firm, wow, you're really moving towards the same page. And a lot of times the gentle nurturing parent could learn some things about strength and firmness. Like my friend was saying, you know, asking for help, you know, even the question, what do you feel like is your best parenting moment today that I could learn from? Just asking that question mm, of a co-parent helps them to stop and think, what did I do well? When was I kind and firm? And then learn from that so that you're moving towards the middle instead of increasingly polarizing each other because that's what happens. There's a compensation for too much firmness and then they're letting the kids get away with murder. So then the firm parents get firmer. So moving towards the middle instead of toward the extremes. The conversation then is concentrated around something to celebrate. Yes. And so it's all the affirmation and the goodness and seeing the good of what's going on and connecting over that 
versus what went wrong and what do we need to fix or do different next time? Well, the challenge for me in listening to that is, is my first impulse is to say good things about you so that you'll get on with my program, <laughs> as opposed to to be a learner, to really truly no, learn. No, 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 no. Right, right. My first impulse okay. as a parent listening to you do this teaching is, well, if if I compliment him or her just right, then they'll get on with my program. But that's not <laughs> what you're saying. What you're saying is a true heart to recognize, mm-hmm. affirm, and learn from the other parent as difficult as that might be. And I really did learn from Jim's playfulness. And I thought, I want to be more playful. We had, you know, I even, I could go on a little tangent about the practical ways that I worked more playfulness into my parenting because I watched him do that so Hmm. well. So that was not a contrived thing. But I also in that I benefited when I recognized the strengths that I brought as well. So just appreciating both sets of strengths and having a heart to learn from his strength was really helpful. If I was ashamed about being Mm -hmm. a micromanaging nag, I was discouraged and it all got worse. If I was like, wow, I help with structure. He keeps me from being too serious and intense about getting things done correctly. So good. Okay. We are coming to the end of our podcast today and we have one more layer to cover and that's the correct layer and the message is you are responsible. So Lynn, what would you say, how does that play out in the co-parenting relationship? Well, it's really about purposefully not getting in the middle, not triangulating. And you know, my sweet mother, awesome mom, but she thought it was a God-given calling to be the buffer between dad who got a little harsh and us kids. And that just wasn't a helpful dynamic. So well-intended. So I'm encouraging moms, get out of the middle, help your kids process what's happening. If there's some harshness, Mm -hmm. empower them. Maybe it's not like an in-your-face thing. Maybe they write a note but empower your kids to think well about that. And we do have a blog post called Trash Truth Treasure that might be kind of an outline for helping your kids sort through their experiences if there's a a harsh or hurtful interaction with a parent and then empowering them to do something about that and so that they can take responsibility for their side of their relationship with the co-parent. That's really good. I want to just ask you, you know, a last question, because I'm thinking about the parents where there really isn't a lot of conversation between the co-parents. It could be a divorce situation or, or whatever it is, and just what it can look like for, for one of the parents to empower the children with wisdom when you disagree with how the other parent is parenting. So that is a tough question. And when things <laughs> a really are tough question. really hard yeah. and it's kind of like, you know, when a child's behavior is way out of control, you just start with baby steps of connecting and encouraging and doing your best to model the kind of life in Jesus that your kids are going to mm-hmm. want to follow. So you may not be able to suddenly enforce the screen time rules that you would want, but can you model a life that loves living three-dimensionally with people and bring your kids along in it and ask lots of questions to grow wisdom in them about Mm -hmm. what's really important in life. And then encourage your your co-parent whenever they, you know, set some boundaries or bring kids along. And if the issue is screen time, bring kids along in three-dimensional life or enjoy things like that. 
so that you're moving towards health mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to stamp out unhealth. Yeah, I think a dynamic that I've seen that's just so difficult is the dynamic of harboring resentment, harboring some bitterness toward a spouse. Mm -hmm. If that's going on because they're not listening, because they're not responsive, because they don't do it the way that you know is best for the children, that's a heart work. That's a God work. That's a Lord, give me your grace. Mm -hmm. Give me your mercy. Help me know what it means to love this person where they're at in a way that can maybe increase their sense of responsibility for their own life and their choices and their actions. But we can't make choices for other people. And Lynn alluded to this earlier, the the serenity prayer, God grant me the serenity and let's change it from things to people. God grant me the serenity to accept the people I can't change. Might replace the word accept with love, the people Mm. I can't change. The courage to change the one that I can and the wisdom to know that person is me. And I think that's all our work as parents, regardless of how unified or not we are with our co-parent. That's our work. That's the foundational work. And I know that whether you're mom, whether you're dad, whether you're grandparent, whether you're caregiver, whether you're foster parent, that's our work. And uh, that's what we at Connected Families are here to help encourage you toward as much as we can all the time. And it strikes me that it brings us all the way back to the beginning of the podcast today when Lynn was talking about entrusting our kids to the Lord and not allowing ourselves to go down that catastrophizing of, you know, my kids are going to be ruined if this happens, but that we can just, you know, grow in our trust and our knowledge of God's faithfulness that he is raising our kids to. And there are things that we might not appreciate that are happening that are out of our control in that moment, but God is faithful. And that along with the beautiful rendering of the serenity prayer that you just gave Jim, my efforts through the Holy Spirit to love my spouse are, are the things that I can control and I can work for in my life. So good. Jim, I wonder if you might just pray for the families. This is a hard issue. Lord, you know the hearts, the minds, the experiences, the families, the challenges of every person listening here today. And God, I pray first and foremost, Lord, that the eyes of hearts, minds, eyes would open to how wide and high and long and deep is the love of Christ for each of us. And Lord, then out of that place that little by little parents would exemplify that life in a way that those around them, spouses, children, extended family would notice and be compelled to learn more, to understand better, maybe even to ask some questions. And then of course, Lord, prepare each of our listeners to to respond with your grace, your truth to those questions if and when they come. And Lord, we trust you that This is the work you want to do in each of us in each home so that you would be glorified and lifted up in homes and in neighborhoods and in communities. And so we give you this this little set of recorded conversations and trust that you'll use them to that end, that you would be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jim and Lynn, for this rich conversation. Hey, everybody, we want to hear from you. What did you find helpful from today's episode? Let us know by sharing a comment and be sure to check out the Discipline That Connects online course. Registration is open and the course is starting soon. It only runs two times a year and I would love to see you there. 
Well, for anything mentioned in our podcast or for more information about the discipline that connects with your child's heart online course, see our show notes or go to connectedfamilies.org. I'll see you next time. Thank you.